Welcome to episode 11 of Rising Tide Radio, the podcast for female leaders who lift each other up. I'm Jennifer Hogan, one of your hosts, along with my friend, Allison Apsey. We'd love getting to connect with you and hearing from you when the episode is especially relatable. Join us for a discussion about leadership and life lessons that will leave you inspired and motivated. I'm Allison, an elementary principal in Michigan. I'm passionate about finding the beautiful lessons in everything we experience and about helping others thrive. I'm Jennifer, a school leader in Alabama, where I'm very passionate about encouraging and empowering others to be their very best. Okay. Okay, so Jen, before we dive into this episode, can we just do a little flashback and do a 75-day challenge update? Because Let's do it. You were um, about to overcome a setback, which I'm hoping to hear that you are stronger than ever and overcame your challenges. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I can. So I had to cut my 75-day challenge short. I had to stop it at day 50. And I had surgery on Tuesday, um, had a couple of places of skin cancer removed, got about an inch and a half scar in two places. Um, and I have to postpone exercising for about another week now, but I'm on the mend and just can't wait to get back to it. So tell us about you, Allison, because I know you completed the challenge. I did. But first of all, let me just say, I am so proud of you for your mindset. And I know that it couldn't have been easy to have that setback in front of you along with the the surgery and you are recovering from a cold right now. Like we have a lot going on. We are positive, strong female leaders, but we are willing to admit that there are setbacks and challenges that are hard pills to swallow at times. And so I'm just so proud of you for being your incredible self. And I'm, I'm so excited to continue to support you on your journey as you recover. And then as you grab a hold of exercise again, um, and I finished the challenge, um, just about two weeks ago and it was incredible. It was, yeah, it was not an easy challenge, but it was just incredibly rewarding. And like the reset that I needed in my life. And I'm, I'm carrying on because I'm not to my goal yet. Um, in fact, I think this is a lifelong endeavor and it's, you know, I'm exercising for 45 minutes twice a day and, and everything that encompassed the 75 day challenge is, is maybe not an everyday lifestyle change that I can maintain with being a mom and a yeah. and, and everything else going on. But I am trying to work out two times a day, you know, I'll cut myself some slack if it's one time a day on some days, but um, just still continuing on in that journey. So I think, you know, for, for me and I, I know for you, Jen, and others who have completed this challenge or taken on the challenge, the transformation really is within in understanding all that we can accomplish when we set our minds to it. And the, the physical transformation that's on the outside is just an added bonus. Absolutely. And, you know, I love how Andy Frazella uh, frames it, that it is a mental challenge disguised as a physical challenge, mm-hmm. because it truly, truly is that mental challenge where you have to overcome so many um, thoughts that tell you no, you know, and um, it's, it's really challenging and it's life changing and it was wonderful all at the same time. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was fantastic. And um, 
just looking forward to continuing this journey. And, and this actually stumbles us into our topic for this episode. And our topic is being an authentic leader and a positive leader without being a complainer. And we're going to look at it from the opposite lens too. And without being too rose-colored glasses, like how do you maintain that balance between positivity and complaining and authenticity? Like what are some tools that we could use to help us maintain the appropriate balance? Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, I I think about um, being a positive leader and I see myself as being optimistic um, and positive um, and but wanting to always be authentic and true to my feelings. Yet I don't want to be seen as a complainer. Um, And then and real quickly, just to tie it back to the 75 hard challenge, we've connected with so many people on social media who are going through the challenge. And while we might talk about things that are hard, I never have seen anyone complain about Mm -hmm. the challenge, which has been really cool. Um, But, you know, I can relate to this topic um, because growing up, I learned not to complain or really share many challenging emotions that I was feeling. Um, That's how I was raised. That's how my parents raised me and um you know for whatever whatever that that means um but to this day I think there are some people who would describe me as stoic because I can tend to I guess my default is to really hide my feelings um and I tend to show the positive emotions but the other ones I'm pretty hard to read sometimes and you know a few years ago I felt like this was a positive characteristic of being stoic. But then since then and over the last few years, I've really learned the importance of showing emotions, even the ones that are challenging, the ones that are hard. And so what I still continue to do is to try to avoid complaining and be really positive in my outlook and my interactions and my daily walk. And so if I'm going to talk about a difficulty, it's because I'm truly, sincerely interested in solving it or resolving it or trying to rise above it, but not mm-hmm. for the sake of complaining about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jennifer, after getting to know you, it really surprises me that anyone would have ever called oh. you stoic. <laughs> like to me, you are kind of the opposite, like vivacious, wise, thoughtful. Um, I see you as a super positive person, but also real too. And and I can absolutely relate to your desire to be focused on positivity and being solution oriented. Like this, this whole idea of a serendipity mindset that I've, I've really embraced is that idea that all of our experiences can offer us beautiful lessons if we look for the beautiful lessons in everything mm-hmm. we experience from our deepest sorrows to our like joys beyond our imagination and then all the everyday stuff in between they offer us gifts if we look for them but for everybody when we go through those challenges they don't feel like gifts in the moment (laughs) and it is okay to sit in those feelings because the last thing we want to do is then include then also add guilt about the bad feelings we're having to the bad feelings we're having like I, I know you can relate to that and Um, like I've been described as 
being too positive, even as recently as in, within the last month, the idea of too wow. positive. And I, you know, if people are going to, you know, complain about me, I guess <laughs> that's not a horrible complaint because I, I so <laughs> would rather be too positive than too negative, but it is something that I actively work on as a leader I want to make sure that I'm a good listener without jumping to problem solving too quickly. And, and I want to empathize with others first. And I want them to feel that empathy. And I love how Brene Brown used the made up verb silver lining <laughs> Like don't silver lining it in mm-hmm. her TED talk that's called The Power of Vulnerability. People don't want you to dismiss their problems and their big feelings by telling them at least, at least everyone in your family is healthy, or at least you still have one parent, like that's not empathizing. And I've trained myself to so quickly look for the positives in my own life. And I have to understand that, that sometimes others aren't there yet, or that's not what they need from me in that moment. So just um, really being able to empathize like feel with people is so crucial in communication and and not being like two rose-colored glasses glasses that's I'm I tried to make that a verb I guess I'm trying to be Brene Brown right now (laughs) there you go you know I, I for me part of my leadership philosophy is being optimistic you know being solution focused and looking for not necessarily the silver lining but kind of expecting the best and wanting the best to happen and getting the best results um, in in an optimistic sort of way. Um, You know, you talking about that makes me think of a video that probably many of our listeners may have seen. I'm I'm sure you've probably seen it. Um, It's titled, It's Not About the Nail. Have Mm -hmm. you seen the video? Oh, yes. Yes. And, And, you know, I don't want to spoil it for those who haven't seen it, but for those of you who have, it's all about jumping right to problem solving without listening. You know, sometimes, sometimes we just want to be heard. And I think that being positive is not just about helping someone see the bright side or the silver lining as Brene shares, but I think it's just sharing a listening ear. Um, And as a leader, you know, this listening also means listening for the undercurrent in our organization's culture. And I stole that from Melody Stacy who um, actually learned it from Jimmy Casas. And Melody is a friend of ours on Twitter. She's a wonderful leader at her school. She recently wrote a blog post about building a culture based on positivity, positivity, and it was just so timely for our Mm -hmm. podcast. And I wanted to share a quote from her blog post. And she writes this, the kind of positivity I cherish seeks to understand the harshness of the many challenges that are sure to come when you are chasing greatness. And that quote really stood out to me as I was reading her post. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder how many of our listeners can relate to this quote. Oh, it was yeah. just powerful. So powerful. Like even the word choice. I just love it. It's like a yeah. wordsmith. Yes. yes. That is a, a fantastic quote, Jen. And, and thank you for sharing it. And I'm so thankful for not, not just female school leaders, but all school leaders around the world who share their wisdom and perspective through social media, blogging, and, and videos. And we are so much better for mm-hmm. having all of those voices. Like I just, as a connected educator, I feel so grateful 
to learn from you or to learn from Melody or Jimmy Cassis or all of the um, educators who are willing to put themselves out there and share their thinking, their perspective, their failures, their successes, their deep thoughts. Like I just, um, I just had this moment of just feeling so grateful and, and you and I are both writers. And I'd like to share something from um, one of my books that is, it's called Through the Lens of Serendipity helping others discover the best in themselves, even if life has shown them its worst. And I think even that subtitle like really gets to the heart of what we're talking <laughs> about right now. And yeah. I, I use this acronym throughout the book and it's, it's the word handle. And the idea is about handling each other with care. And so the, I'll just run through the acronym real quick and then dive into just one component. The H stands for hope is everything. And hope is something that we can freely give to each other. It, 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 um, mm -hmm. it doesn't cost any money and it is always available. The A stands for assure safety. The N stands for no shoulda needed, as in like don't shoulda all over me. <laughs> the D stands for do things differently. The L stands for listen to understand. And the E stands for establish trust. And I thought about um, something that that's in, uh, included in the in this book also in the, the section about listening to understand, and I share three don'ts for expressing empathy. So one don't is don't put yourself in others' shoes. And um, I like to joke that you end up with more than just stinky feet. But the, the <laughs> concept being that it's not about how I would feel, Jen, in your mm -hmm. situation. It's about how you are feeling with all of your values, all of your previous mm -hmm. experiences, all of your knowledge. How are you feeling in that situation? And we so often want to put ourselves in other people's situations and then judge it based on how we might react in that situation, but we really can't because we, I don't have your previous experiences or your same values or your same knowledge. And that really ties into the second don't, which is don't kick people when they're down by making a judgment. And I, I think I'd like to put a hashtag in maybe the path of serendipity or something, but uh, about hash, hashtag procrastinate, <laughs> procrastinate your judgment. Because that is something that I think mm -hmm. is very helpful to procrastinate. There's a lot of things we shouldn't procrastinate, yeah. but our judgment is one of them. Because often we want to snap to making a judgment about a particular situation. And I truly believe that there is a judge, but it's not me. Like th I have mm -hmm. no place in this, on this earth judging other people because I am never going to walk in their shoes. I'm never going to walk in their path. Their path is their own path. I can empathize. I can support, I can help. And that ties into number three, which is don't assume that we know how to help. There are four very important words in the English language that I, I think are underutilized and they are, how can I help? And that's mm. when we're listening to understand and, and when we're thinking, when I'm thinking about as a leader, how can I be careful not to silver lining something how can I be careful not to make a snap judgment? How can I be careful to empathize and make sure that, that those who come to me, whether it's a student, a 
a parent or a staff member, anyone that, that they feel heard and um, just asking them, how can I help you? Or, you know, even how can I help you right now? And often they'll say, okay, just listen or help me feel better about this situation or give me some ideas for some solutions or ask me some questions so I can generate ideas. But if rather than assuming we know how to help, just asking, how can I help? Mm-hmm. That's so good, Allison. And I, I so appreciate you sharing that, um, that your book uh, through the lens of serendipity was so good. And um, there's just so many um, positive insights that you share in your book. I'm sure everyone who has the book has their highlighter out and has been <laughs> highlighting lots of stuff in there. It's just, it's just really great. And, um, you know, I, I love this topic about um, being an authentic leader without being a complainer. Um, because I think it is important as leaders that we model what we want to see in others. And so if we want to have an organization and have a culture that seeks greatness and isn't afraid to shy away from challenges, but tries to avoid complaining for the sake of complaining, we've got to model that too as leaders. Mm-hmm. And I was at a um, state leadership conference a few years ago, and I had the good fortune of hearing Will Bowen speak. I don't know if you've heard him before. No. Um, you can go to his website. There's a video there that he shares and you can see a little bit of him, but he was just a wonderful speaker. Um, his website is willbowen.com, W-I-L-L-B-O-W-E-N. And there's a beautiful picture of him with Maya Angelou on the site. And that, of course, is just amazing um, when you can see him sitting next to her and just, yeah, powerful, powerful, powerful picture because um, it talks about Maya's view for a complaint-free world. And that's been his vision is to have a complaint-free world. It's pretty ambitious, but um, you can check it all out at his website. He's written a book called A Complaint-Free World. And um, his challenge, he challenged us in the audience um, to take the complaint-free challenge. And that's what I want to share with our listeners today. Not only this resource, but also this challenge. He sells a purple, you know, little jelly bracelet. Um, everyone in the, uh, at the conference got one. But you can do this with a bracelet that you already own. So the challenge is you put the bracelet on your wrist. And that starts day one of this 21-day no-complaint challenge. And if you find yourself complaining... He says, move the bracelet to your other wrist and start the 21 days over. And listen to this, Allison. He says that on his website, he says that it takes the average person four to eight months to complete the challenge. Wow. That is longer than the 75 day day challenge that we've been talking about and that we recently completed or you completed. I did the 50 days. Um, But I hope that listeners, if you do this challenge, that you will share pictures on social media and connect with us because I just think it's a really neat, um, concrete, visible reminder and way for us to remember that we don't want to complain for the sake of complaining, um, that we want to talk about things that are challenging because we're seeking solutions. Yes. Yes. I love that. I was just thinking like, I want that bracelet. And I wonder, you know, I'm the, in, in the elementary school where I'm the principal, I wonder how many staff members would be interested in joining oh, the yeah. challenge. But it is fascinating mm-hmm. to learn that it takes four to eight months to complete the challenge. 
Yeah. And he's got some, you know, he talks about the research behind it and it's just, it was, it was a really, really neat uh, concept. I wanted to share a um, resource also. I'm reading a book called Option B and I don't know if you've read this book. Um, Mm -mm. It's by Sheryl Sandberg, who's the author of Lean In and the chief operating officer of Facebook. And she wrote this book with a gentleman named Adam Grant. And so option B came out after Lean In and after Cheryl's husband, Dave, passed away suddenly and mm-hmm. left her with mm-hmm. two young children in that journey. And so the idea of option B is, all right, what's next? Now that option A is not available for me, mm-hmm. how can I access option B? And the subtitle is Facing Adversity, Building Resilience, and Finding Joy. And true to like Cheryl Sandberg form, she leans in to those challenges that she's, she faced after this devastating loss of her husband and the loss of her children's father and that plan A that she had, you know, paid in front of her or so she thought. And like, how did she lean in to that adversity and then build the resilience and find joy. And uh, there's just beautiful lessons. Like last night I was reading a bit and my mom passed away almost eight years ago. And there's this section in the book that I was just like, I'm bawling. I'm like, I need to go to sleep like right now. And I'm I'm bawling, but it's just, um, it's so well-written and it's, it's so relatable to so many um, areas of our, our lives. And, and it's especially, uh, powerful for me because one of my teachers let me borrow the book and so then she has her little notes and it's underlined and so I feel like I'm getting to know Aww. her at the same time as I'm reading it but yeah. I highly recommend this this book option B for any of us who have faced adversity and I think that's pretty much all of us mm-hmm. oh that's great I love Cheryl Sandberg and um, I'll put that one on my reading list too thank you yeah, for sharing you that that's great. wonderful Um, I always love getting to have this time with you, Allison, to discuss these leadership topics, to pick each other's brains, to learn a little bit more about each other and share with our listeners, Um, you know, to all of our listeners, all of you who are rising tides for those around you, we want to connect with you. You can share your challenges, your treasures on social media, use our hashtag rising tide radio. Um, We just appreciate all of your interactions and your feedback and just allowing us to be a part of your leadership journey. We hope that you all have a wonderful week and thanks for joining in. I'm just going to second everything you said, Jennifer, and I so appreciate this, this time with you and the connection with the listeners. So yes, have a wonderful week, everyone.